Come on and put those hands together. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Look at your neighbor to the left and right. Tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Yes, I'm glad you are in the house of God on today. Amen. There was a word from the Lord going to be in the book of 3 John. 3 John, verses, starting at verses number 6. The book of 3 John. There's a word from the Lord on today. Um, do want to thank all of you all who have continued to lift me up concerning my doctoral program. As many of you all know, this past Wednesday, I submitted my final project. Yes. So, um, what that means is, where we go from here is, of course, the greater, she's going to critique it, she'll feed it back to me, Some small changes I'm sure that I'll have to make, um, they, they got to earn their pay, so she got to find something wrong with it. And then after that, I will actually go through the defense, um, and the defense is, in essence, they want to know you wrote it. <laughs> did, did you actually write this? And um, after that, uh, graduation, so I, I really thank God. My wife, she kind of jumped the gun a little bit. She put on, she was like, he a doctor, y'all. He he's a doctor. Not, not, not quite yet, not quite yet. Let me show you how, how crazy that girl is. For my birthday last year, she was getting ready to buy me a tag that says Dr. McGee. And I said, you can't do that. <laughs> Why? I, I know y'all, y'all, it's in faith. But if I pull up next to my professor in faith, <laughs> with Dr. Biggie on my car, I'm going to have a problem. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm just really excited. This has been a tremendous journey. I have learned a lot. I have grown a lot. And already doors are opening up for me, just opportunities to minister on a whole nother level. And that's what I'm really excited about. So again, thank you all so much for your prayers. Amen. Amen. Can y'all bless the Lord for Pastor I? Looking good today, girl. You look fantastic. Amen. Going to be in the book of 3 John, verses 6. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, lift it above your head. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life. One more time. And my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. 3 John 6, writer declares, They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God. For they are traveling for the Lord. And they accept nothing from people who are not believers, 8 declares, so we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephus, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. When I come, child, like I'm, I'm going to straighten this out. When I get that all, <laughs> I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he is making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Ugh. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't be influenced. He said, don't be influenced by this example. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil 
prove that they do not know God. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for this opportunity, God, to minister the Word of God to the people of God. I'm careful, God, how I approach this moment because these are folk that you love, that you shed precious blood. So I'm careful and I'm guarded and I ask God that you would help me to uh, 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 give only words of life, only words of encouragement, only words of strength, and God, even the corrective, the directive, and rebukes, God, that are given in this moment, God, let them be done in love. I thank you and I bless you now, and it is in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says, I. So this is what I want you all to do for the next few moments here. I need you guys to hear me from a spiritual father's perspective. Spiritual father, mentor, pastor, who at the end of the day really has a heart for the people of God. And it would be horrendous of me to, number one, see how the devil would attack you and not say anything. Number two, it would be a tragedy for me to see how the enemy wants to use you this year and not say anything. I'm going to say that one more time. It would be horrific for me as a leader, pastor, to see, number one, how the devil is going to fight you this year and don't say nothing. Just, just let you go through the battle. But even worse than that, to know how the enemy plans to use you this year and not, not say anything. So I need you guys to tune in. Don't, don't plan to be before you very long, but I do have a lot of material that I want to throw at you um, because I want to give the devil a black eye today. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Something that I want to read um, that I, 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 I took from a, and um, I apologize, I didn't give the author credit on this, and I don't even know who he is right now, but I will find out and put it on here. Uh, but this is some thoughts from an author that I was reading earlier this week. He says, an interesting thing happened to me one day while I was walking through the grocery store. I walked up to a young man whom I had seen before but had never held a conversation with. As I approached him, I extended my hand and greeted him. The first words out of my mouth were, now what is your name? Ha I have seen you before, but I don't think I know you. To my surprise, this young man's response was, yeah, but I know you. <laughs> Spoken in a rather negative tone. I was a bit confused, thinking maybe this was someone I knew in the past but had forgotten. I questioned him as to when he had previous acquaintance, and he said, we have never had acquaintance. I know you through a friend. As it turned out, this young man had a friend who worked on the same job with me in the past, his friend had shared some gossip about me with him, and he was still using that information in his analysis of me. This friend of his was never a close acquaintance of mine, just a fellow employee working in the same institution. Through this short conversation, we can see how gossip has lasting effects on people's consciousness. Years after I had left that job, this man was still using certain gossip about me in his assessment of me. The utter, the utter resoluteness of his expression, I know you, was a good indicator that he both believed that what he was told about me was true and that it still applied. In this way, when we gossip about people, we fail to give them the opportunity to move beyond their mistakes. 
Gossip is like a person who has a picture of you doing something wrong, and each time you seek to move beyond it, they pull out the picture to remind you of your past, thus leaving you feeling inextricably bound to your mistake. What disturbed me most about this incident was not the gossip nor his inability to move beyond it. What was most shocking to me was that he felt that he knew me. This above all else is the most challenging aspect of the effects of gossip. When the young man said to me, I know you, the first thought in my mind was, you may know about me, but you don't know me. So I want to give some definition to this idea of gossip. What exactly is it? Um, it's inappropriate spreading of private information. It's slanderous and malicious talk, unsubstantiated reports about other people. The information hadn't even been vetted. You just, you, you don't even know if it's factual, if it's true. You just heard it and you spreading it. Gossip, a person who spreads rumors or idols or, or idle fruitless tales. A person who likes talking about other people's private lives. Gossips. Even worse, a person who seeks out private information for fruitless purposes. This, 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 is, this is interesting. And, and I, had to, I had to look at myself with this because um, let, let me go ahead and kind of classify you whether you're a gossiper or not. <laughs> so there, there's no ambiguity as to if I'm talking to you or not. If the purpose of the conversation is about the information, then you are a gossip. If the purpose of the conversation is about the information, then you are a gossiper. But when the information, the purpose of the, confirmation, the, uh, the conversation is to process the information so that I can make a sound decision, that's not gossip, that is wisdom. Because there's all type of stuff that comes in, uh, in, in my office, that comes to, to, to my desk, and there are two things that I have to do with it. Number one, I have to vet the information. Some of y'all ain't vet nothing. You just take whatever they say for face value and you make a determination about people, organizations, things, and, and, and it ain't even vetted. You don't even know yourself. So I have to vet the person, vet the information, and then after that, the whole conversation is not just about the information. It's what I got to do with this information. Am I making sense in this place? Let's look at this. Proverbs 16, 28 declares, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. I'm telling you, when you got a gossiper in your corner, they will mess up your relationships. Proverbs 26, 20 declares, without, look at this, this is crazy, without wood, without wood, if there's no wood, then the fire goes out. If there's no wood, we ain't got no more wood, the fire getting ready to go out. Without wood, the fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. And if some of you all right now got a bunch of confusion and mess around you and you're trying to figure out why is this still here, and it might be because you got a bunch of gossipers in your corner that keeps the fires. Proverbs 25.9 declares, when arguing with, now this, this is a warning against the gospel, it's funny. When arguing with your neighbor, 
Don't betray another person's secret. So you mad at your neighbor, they went off on you, and this happened and that happened, and now you're going to air out their dirty laundry. He says, you got to be careful, because verse number 10 declares, others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. How many of y'all, like me, have a category for gossipers? <laughs> no, real talk. When I determine that you're a gossiper, you go here until you prove yourself to come out of that category. What are you trying to say, Pastor McGee? It's certain information you will never get because you don't know how to hold information. Paul, now this is crazy, y'all. I just want to read the Bible. Paul, Paul, Paul gives his son Timothy some instructions, and this is what's going on. This particular church, they have a, they have a widow's ministry. They, they, they have a special ministry where they minister and they take care of ladies' wives who have lost their husbands. So if, if, if your husband dies, then the church brings you in and actually takes care of you. That's, that's the context. But Paul, based on his experience, gives special instructions to Timothy about this widow's program. He says, verse number 11, refuse the younger widows. Don't let them in. I know, I know, I know, I know it sounds crazy, but he said, don't let them in the program. We ain't taking care of them. Come on, Paul, you're going to have to help me out with this one because this ain't fair. This, this is why, watch this, watch this. Verse number 13, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they all not. Don't let them in the church. Don't let them in the program like this because they're going to tear down the church because they ain't got nothing else to do but gossip. Verse 14, he says, Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children. He says, give them something to do so they can stop gossiping. <laughs> Give them a few children. They ain't got time for no gossip. The only key is you, you can't gossip. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. I need, I need you to jot this down. Um, jot this down. Gossip is demonic. Gossip is demonic. Uh, why is it demonic? I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, because it destroys community. And God is for community. Gossip destroys community. What's the root word of community? Unity. And whenever you have gossip in an organization, in a church, in a business, in your house, it will destroy unity and continue to break down the community. Here's number two. Gossip stifles the law of agreement. It stifles the law of agreement, where two or three are gathered together in the midst. One or two. Listen, listen, listen. God spoke to me. God spoke to me, and I've shared this several times already, um, around November, December. And he said to me, Pastor McGee, that in this upcoming season, a large part of your success and ministry will be based on your intercessors. And he gave me several scriptures. One of the scriptures he gave me is the apostle Peter in jail. James had already been killed, beheaded. Peter is next, and the Bible declares that the saints prayed for him. 
I'm sure Peter prayed, but the scripture gives us understanding that it wasn't Peter's prayers that got him out of jail. It was the agreement of the saints. And so when you are an, a, a gossiper and you are holding this fault, you are not agreeing with them concerning what God is able to do in their life. You are, oh my God, you have aligned your will up with the enemy's will for their lives. Back, back that up, back that up, back that up. Let, let, me, let me show you, okay? Now this is powerful within itself. This is powerful within itself. But watch this. This becomes powerful when my words line, let me say it, let me say it, I didn't say that right, I didn't say that right. This is powerful in itself, but it only becomes powerful in Greg's life when Greg's words are in agreement with it. Okay, thank you, I said it better that time, all right? It's powerful within itself, but it only becomes powerful in my life when my words agree what has been already written. Well, I'm telling you, just like God has a word over your life, the enemy has a word over your life as well. And some of you all are defeating your own selves as well as the people around you because your words have aligned with the enemy's words. It surely is quiet up in her. Gossip is demonic, number three, because it mimics the role of the devil. It actually mimics the role of the devil. I want to show you a couple of scriptures, passages. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, hang in there. Hang in there. Hang in there. Paul's going to end this this, this, uh, thought concerning the widows, the younger widows, not allowing them into this program because of gossip that has happened in the past. And the latter part of verses 14 and 15, he says, this is why... Um, because they're giving opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. In essence, they're gossiping. This demonic gossiping is actually giving voice to the words of the enemy against the church. And what you could be using as a power to build the church, because the power of life and death lies in the tongue, what you could be using as a power to build, you are now using as a weapon to tear it down. For some have already turned aside after Satan. In essence, the devil is already using some to do just that. Let, let, let me further highlight the role of the enemy when it comes to gossip. In Genesis 3 and 4, the enemy, the devil is gossip. It is slanderous, malicious gossip against God. He says, verse number four, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me, let me give you, come on, e, come on, come on, let me give you the real scoop. God, know, God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God don't want you to know the truth. That's why he told you not to eat the fruit. It's malicious gossip. Job 1 and 9, malicious gossip. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replies? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hand so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your faith. The devil says to God, the only reason Job's serving you is because you're blessing him. It is slanderous, 
malicious gossip. Zechariah 3 and 1. Then the angel showed Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Joshua. He don't deserve to be the high priest. Look how filthy, look how dirty he is. Look what he came out of. You mean to tell me he is what now? Gossip is demonic because it is, the, it is the, one of the key attributes of the devil himself. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't mimic the devil. Don't do that. Revelations 12, 10 again declares that he is an accuser of the brother. Now, Pastor McGee, you're going to have to help me with this. Help, 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 help. All right. So God spoke to me at the beginning of this series, turn of the new year. And he said to me personally that the Pharisees are coming. He said that God said that. He said the Pharisees are coming. Now, I had to do my homework to find out exactly who the Pharisees were, what were their role, um, how do they fight. And we've been highlighting that for the past couple of weeks now. But I want to add an element concerning the Pharisees that sometimes we miss. The Pharisees were slanderous gossipers. They sought out information, negative information about Jesus. They lied about him. They spread nasty rumors about him. They were, they were gossipers. And so I'm looking at this, what God is showing me, and I'm, I'm okay with that because, I mean, it's already happening. Slanderous things are happening, focusing on different things. Pastor Vicky, girl, did you see that? It's happening outside the walls. But then God showed me, it ain't just outside the walls. The enemy's trying to raise it up in your church. The devil is trying to raise up Pharisaic gossipers in the house of God. And I, I want to I help you. I want to help you because I'm, I'm ministering today, again, from the standpoint of a spiritual father who sees how the devil wants to use you. And I'm challenging you, don't let him use you. And then there are some of you around you that the enemy is trying to use folk around you and, 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 and make you a garbage can for all the filth that they're trying to be. And I'm telling you, don't be that. Why do people gossip? I want to give you three reasons why people gossip. Number one, because they idle. They ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. This is what the scripture declares in 1 Thessalonians 4.11. And that ye study to be quiet. Everybody shout, study to be quiet. So now, now this is good. This is good because what, 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 what the man of God is saying is, if you're going to choose not to be a gossiper, you're going to have to actually put some effort in it. You can't be like, you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't gossiping no more. I ain't, it ain't going to work like that. It ain't going to work like that. You're going to have to just put, you're going to have to walk away from some conversation. You're going to have to decide not to pick up that phone call. You're going to have to decide not to go to that house no more. You got to be intentional. He said, he didn't just say be quiet. He says, you got to study, learn to be quiet. And not only learn to be quiet, he says, do your own business. You know what he's saying? Mind your business. Mind your own business. You got enough work in your life to do for God right now that you don't have no time to entertain any idle conversation. And then he says, not only mind your own business, go to work. Work with your own hands as we commanded you. Why? 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 That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. This is the crazy thing about gossip. It's hard. To look at somebody in their eyes when you've been talking about them. 
And here it is, you in position, and God wants to use you to minister, to encourage, to build, to strengthen. And the very one God wants to use you to build, you can't even look them in the eyes because you've been talking bad behind their back. Here's the second reason, number one, because of idleness, number two, because of retaliation. People gossip because of retaliation. They have been hurt. And here's the thing about gossip. Here's the thing about gossip, when it's, especially when it's uh, slanderous and malicious. It starts from a corrupt heart. It starts from a corrupt heart. And this corrupt heart produces corrupt speech concerning individuals. But the thing about gossip, it doesn't stay there. Because given an opportunity, they will act out on what they're saying. Right now, they're just telling everybody that you don't deserve the position. But given the opportunity to testify about it, they will tell the hiring supervisor as to why you don't need the position and they deserve it. I'm in the house. They're offended and it's retaliation. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Here is number, here's number three, why people, why people gossip. Number three, because of envy and jealousy. Because of envy and jealousy. Now, now, I need you guys to hear me. I, I want to go back to the foundational text in the book of 3 John, chapter number 1. Let me put this in context. Um, the New Testament model of church, um, New Testament model of church, most of the churches that you will see will fit this structure. You will have a founding apostle that actually went in and established the church, started the church, and he would raise up, not just the pastor, but he would raise up a group of elders within the church to run the church in his, his absence. Somebody asked me just a, um, just a few days ago, um, they, they said, what, what's the big difference between an apostle and a bishop? Because some people, I see they're bishop and some people apostle. And, and I told them, well, there's two definitions. There's two backgrounds. You have the biblical background of what that is, and then you have the traditional. The biblical background is elder... Bishop and pastor are all synonymous terms. They're all on this. If any man desires the office of a bishop, uh, Paul says he must be, what, what is he talking about? He's talking about a pastor in a local church. These are synonymous terms. So I could, as a pastor, uh, Jeff right now, Jeff is, he could easily be Elder McGee, pastor, excuse not Elder McGee. No, you can't. You can't be this fly. He could be Elder Rouse, Pastor Rouse. Bishop Rouse, right? And all of my elders could carry any one of those titles from a biblical perspective. And the apostle is the one what we refer to as a bishop right now. Anybody with more than one church in the Bible was an apostle, not a bishop. Now, what we have done in our Protestant churches, we have adapted and borrowed from our Catholicism uh, brothers and sisters and basically made a bishop overseer of several churches, but scripturally that's not, the, that's not the case. So you have the Apostle John who has actually established a work, and he has elders in the church that's running the church, but he's writing back to the church because something is going crazy in this church. He writes to his son Gaius, 3 John uh, 1. He says, from, uh, this, this letter is from John, the elder. I am writing to Gaius. My dear friend, whom I, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Watch this. 
Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. So what's going on here? As the apostle, he knows what the church is needing. He knows what the church is lacking, and he will send teachers. He will send other elders or other pastors to the church to make impartation into that particular church. And he's writing to Gaius because he's thanking him for not not only just receiving these teachers, but taking care of them while they're there. You're treating these men of God with hospitality. Five declares, dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have, they have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing such teachers in a manner that pleases God. Seven, for they are traveling for the Lord, and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. Man, that's good. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Now, he's writing to his son, Gaius. This is one of the elders in the church he's addressing this letter to. Now, he's getting ready to talk to his son, his spiritual son, an elder in the church, Gaius, about another spiritual son, elder that's in the church because the church are their elder ran you have the apostle that founded it you have the apostle that's overseeing it but the local day-to-day -day ministry is a group of elders one of the elders is Gaius another elder is who's getting ready to talk about in verse number nine I wrote to the church about this but the atrophist one of the other elders look what the Bible declares about him he loves to be the leader one translation says he loves to be up front you know what he's talking about? He wants the ultimate influence above all the elders, and not only all the elders, but even the apostle John himself. I want to be the man in this local church. He refuses to have anything to do with us. Look, 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 at, look at 10. When I come, though, I will report some of the things he is doing. What, what is he doing? What what is the atrophist doing that's really so bad and that's really so corrupt? Here it is, the evil accusations he is making against us. He is gossiping, that's what he's doing. He's telling lies about us. He's trying to, because what, what a, like a real gossiper, not, not real talk, what a real gossiper does, especially when it's malicious, they're trying to feed you information to turn your heart from that person to them. So in order to make themselves, Jeff, this, this makes sense, sir. In order to make themselves look good, they got to tell all the dirt about the other person who you might have affinity for. So you can take all that little love, you can take all that little support, take it from them. Ooh, some of y'all family members and friends do that about this church. Yeah, they tripping why you can't, they can't borrow money like they used to no more. Bet you give your little money to the church, don't you? what I'm talking about. So Diotrephus got some gossip going on, and, and we said about gossip, it starts, this malicious gossip starts from a bad heart. He, he has a, it's, it's evident in the spirit, he has this, 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 this issue where he wants to be up front, he wants to be above all the other elders, uh, including the apostle himself, he has a bad heart, so a bad heart produces gossip, this slanderous type of gossip, but here's the deal, when you got this bad heart and you gossiping with it, it just don't stop right there, because if you can take it further to actually do something, you will. So he says, and the evil accusations he is making against us, not only does he refuse to welcome 
the traveling teachers. So I'm sending teachers. I'm sending teachers. I'm sending teachers, but he won't receive the teachers. You know why? Because he wants to be the teacher. And if anybody comes in the church, it's, it's because he sent them or he, he invited them. And not only is he rejecting other leaders, he also tells others he's gossiping about them and telling other folk, no, nah, they, they, they ain't the one. They ain't got the word like me. He also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he put them out the church. Are you going to do it like that? This your last Sunday. <laughs> no, mm-mm. you got you got to go now. We love you. Look what he says, verse number eleven. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. As a pastor, here I am. Hear my heart. I'm telling y'all, don't don't be influenced by gossip. Don't let gossip turn your heart. Don't you be the trash can where everybody bringing you all of this negativity about your pastors, bringing you this negativity about your... And, and here's, here's the crazy thing, but, because I've seen gossip go bad in, in, in this church a couple of times, and I am... Um, I, I had to, like, pray. I had to pray. God, temper me, temper me, and don't let me get in my flesh, because I have... I, I've, seen, I've seen it almost wreck this house. I'm talking about wreck this house. Year, years ago, years ago, years ago. And, and y'all, y'all know me. My messages are... They're pretty systematic. If you, if you look back over the past 10 years, you can probably tell when I'm going to preach what. Every year I'm going to talk about family. Every year I'm going to talk about staying out your flesh, sanctification. Every year I'm going to talk about family. Every year I'm going to talk about giving. Every year I'm going to talk about my, Every year, these, these are like staples that are part of a healthy spiritual diet that I'm going to talk about every single year. So years ago, this particular time, I'm in a series four to six weeks, and I'm always in a series four to six weeks. And I'm talking about giving, four to six weeks. This malicious lie rose up in the church, pastor doing something funny with the money. That's why he talking about giving all the time. Around this same time, somebody gives me a Jaguar that's only like two or three years old. See, I told y'all, he up there lying, about somebody gave him that. Ain't nobody give him that. That little money he trying to raise, there it go right there. He sure is. So watch this. I didn't know until one Sunday I looked up, and I'm only ministering to 50% of my congregation. But I ain't think nothing of it the first Sunday, but you know how y'all are. Y'all would be like, hey, girl, you going this Sunday? Yeah, okay, well, I'm going to stay home, and I go the next Sunday. Y'all... I, I ain't think nothing of that. Okay, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And then the second Sunday, then the third Sunday, five Sundays in a row, and I'm like, what's going on? So I call some folk in. Hey, hey, you, what, what's this? So what, brother? What, what? And then they decide to give me the download of all the mess that's been going on. One of the reasons I was so angry, it wasn't even about, because I ain't even about crowds, man. I can preach to 200, 2,000, or two. Man, listen, my, the folk that started with me, they will tell you the same passion I come with now. When we had 10 folks, I was, I was spitting on folks just like that, too. I'd be just, just flying. Just, just. You understand what I'm saying? I was upset because why y'all didn't bring this to me? Why you didn't bring this to me? So I could have nipped this in the butt. I, I was so proud. I was so proud. This actually happened about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I had a sister. 
um, who I offended in the middle of service. I offended her. I didn't know I offended her. I didn't know I offended her. So I thought, shoot, I thought I hit a home run that Sunday. I'm like, boy, you, I was like, boy, you preach. You preach up in here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going in the back, and I see two sisters. I didn't know they were talking about me. They were talking about me. They were talking about me. And I said, hey, God bless y'all. How y'all doing? And as I passed by, one of the sisters said, Pastor, we need to talk. Went into my office, and she brought the sister in the office, and she said, now tell him. <laughs> do you know how proud I just wanted to do a cartwheel <laughs> in the middle? Because had she not done that, was she, and it was, it was a simple simple misunderstanding that I was able to clear up just like that. But had I not had that opportunity, there would have been a whole lie, my God, that she would have believed that would have festered in her soul, that would have spread other places. God, I thank you. The devil is absolutely a liar. Here's, here's another way that I've seen this, this manifest in the church. And y'all, y'all, I've seen insecure older members tear down new gifted members and wind up running gifts that God sent to me in the house because you inferior as to they might take your spot. So you start this little gossip cycle, and the reality is, watch this, this is a spiritual hospital, and who comes to hospitals? Sick folk. So I don't care how gifted they are, they got issues. And the truth is, not only do they have issues, you do too. And I do too. And we are all in God's hospital every Sunday, every time the doors open, so we can get our medicine. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, have you got your medicine yet? If you ain't got it, he got some more, he got some more to give you. He, there is a dosage for you today if you ain't got it yet. And we wind up running good people off because of gossip, man. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> God help me not to get Jesus. Let me move on. Everybody shall stay focused, Pastor. I'm trying. Y'all better pray for me then. Um, here, here's the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing God more clearly than I've ever heard him before. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me what he's, this, this, this is what I explained to somebody the other day, how God been dealing with me prophetically. It's like walking into a room and you see somebody's phone and you come out of the room and you run into them and you, they ask you, have you seen my phone? And you confidently say, yeah, it's right in there. How you know? Because I've seen it. But, but watch this. It's like having the confidence it's in the room without even going in there. It's like, that's, that's, that's what, what God has been doing to me. It's like, I have a, it's like, I ain't, I ain't to my boldness, I ain't to my pride. It's like, on the inside, like, this was finna happen. This is what's going on. And I ain't never been in a room. I just know, I just, it's, it's there. So, 
And it's been kind of scary, and it's, it's funny. This, uh, this was about a month or so ago. God gave me a word that was so specific, it was crazy. It was so specific, I was scared. And I ain't even get a man the whole word. <laughs> like, uh, that's too detailed right there. I just said, the Lord is about to. <laughs> and this was crazy. When he came back and told me what exactly it was, it was exactly what God showed me. I was like, man. But it ain't about me. So he's challenging me to be even a little bit more bolder, even when he gives me specific details like that. But here's the thing about operating in this, this area, this sphere of prophetic word of knowledge. And watch this. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have access to all the gifts. So this is not just a pastoral thing. Watch this. I need word of knowledge more as a parent than I do as a pastor. <laughs> do you understand? I'm telling you. Because the Holy Ghost of God has woken me up and told me things. And I'm like, God, thank you, because had I not known that. So here's the thing about operating in, in this sphere of this revelation. God can speak to you. God can show you. God can utter you. But watch this. You can also, of your own flesh, want something in the room so bad that you see it like God showed it to you. And it's actually not there. That's actually not the word of the Lord. It's what you want. And because you have so much confidence in what you want, in your mind it becomes the word of the Lord. Then there are times when the enemy can speak and influence something. It's dark. And you don't discern, distinguish between what's of God and actually what's of the enemy. So there's a word that God spoke to me, and I had to vet the word. I had to vet the word. God spoke to me. I need you to hear me. He says in this season, I, I, I had to, he says, I'm not going to be too kind towards gossipers. That's, that's what I heard. Pastor, that's what I heard. He said in this season, I'm not going to be too kind towards gossipers. So I had to check that thing out because I absolutely hate gossip. Like, you bring me stuff, and again, you get in this category right here, because I don't even deal with that like that. So I had to make sure, God, that that's actually you, and that ain't Greg, just, that just want to warn the folk and scare them. Talk about me this year if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to make sure that this was actually God, and, and this is what God showed me. It was actually this morning, he, he firmly confirmed it in my spirit. He says concerning this ministry that we are, for the past 15, 16 years, we've been in a developmental stage where certain eels that the enemy has launched, it actually worked together for our good because we were in a growing and a developmental stage. But God says this church now, we're in a transitional stage where we're actually finally coming into the place where he desires for us to be. Now, I'm going to give definition of the place that we are arriving to later on. But, but it, a phone call this morning from somebody else confirmed that the question that they asked me, it confirmed the place that God has finally brought us to. And God says, what I tolerated in your developmental stages, I will not tolerate in this stage. Okay, I believe I hear you, God, but give me an example. Show, show me something. I brought the children of Israel out of slavery, out of Egyptian bondage. 
and I took them through this process of growth and development. I, I gave them an opportunity to learn my voice, to show that I am a reliable, dependable God. I gave them an opportunity to grow up, and during that season, they murmured, they complained, and I, I, I winked at them. I had grace on them, but they finally came to a place where they were getting ready to be established as a nation. And when they finally got to that place, the gossip that I used to put up with, not here. Let me show you in the text. Numbers chapter number 12, verse number 1. Miriam, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. What's the interpretation? Because of his black wife. <laughs> That's what it was. This, this black wife. So Miriam pulls Aaron in and begins to gossip about Moses concerning his black wife. But, but what did I say the foundation of malicious gossip is? It's a corrupt heart. So although they're talking about the Cushite woman, that ain't the real issue. And you got to be careful because there are people who are coming to your circle to gossip about other people. And the gossip ain't even the real issue. They got a problem with the person. They got, a, they got a problem with the person. So look at, look at one again. Miriam and Aaron, Miriam and Aaron begin to uh, uh, talk against Moses, gossip because of his Cushite wife. But look at verse number two. This was the real issue. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? I thought this was about his wife. Hasn't he also spoken through us? Ooh, look at the, look at the last part. Look at that. I don't care how secretive you are. <laughs> okay, how you whisper. Look at that last phrase in verse number two. And the Lord heard this. And verse number nine declares, the anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow. God struck her with leprosy and, and watch this. The very one she was talking about had to pray for her. That ain't the first time that that's going to happen in the text. What's going to happen to Job's friends that gossip about the man of God? They're going to have to go to Job, and Job is going to have to... I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, God is revisiting this in this church for this season. Some of the same folk that an individual will gossip about, God says, now your healing is going to come from them. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, you need a financial breakthrough? Oh, I gave them the money for your breakthrough. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, watch your mouth. Just watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. No, 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 real talk, real talk. Like, if you got an issue with me, come to me. If you got an issue with Shabazz, if, if they got an issue with you, they need to come to you, bro. You understand what I'm saying? They need to, Turner, if they got an issue with you, they don't need to tell nobody else about the issue. They need to go to you. And if they, if they do come to somebody else, it's only to bounce the ideas off of them to make sure my spirit is right or I'm actually right about him being wrong. Outside of that... Let me bring all of that in and let me have a conversation with my brother, with my sister. Are y'all with me? Man, I so love y'all. 
Because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really cool about jokers just talking about me. Slam, I'm, I, look, I ain't, I'm, I'm so busy. I got so much going on. I ain't even got time to entertain it. You do what you do. But because I know what's coming behind talking about, I'm putting out the warning. Let's not do that. Let's not, let's not be slanderous and malicious concerning our brothers and sisters. Let's not, let's not do that because God ain't playing. He ain't playing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God ain't playing this season. Man. Watch this. Watch this. Numbers chapter number 16, verse number 1. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram became insolent. They were gossiping about the man of God to the point, look at verse number 2, that two, they convinced 250 Israelite, Israelite men to turn against the man of God. Their gossip, their slander, convinced, this is why God hates gossip, because it divides the community. 250 folk turned. Let's multiply. This, it's almost like the story with the 5,000. The scripture declares he, he, he fed 5,000 men besides the women and children. So it, it was just 5,000 men. It could have been 15, 20,000 people there because they didn't count the children and the, and the wives. So these are 250 men that have wives and they have children. So you can just take that number, 250, and multiply it by a number, by four, by five, by six. Thousands of people literally have turned against the prophet, the man of God, Moses, because of three wicked, malicious slanderers. Look what God says. Verse number three, the scripture declares, they came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy. Every one of them and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? <laughs> he warned the assembly, and, and that's all I'm doing. I'm, I'm warning, I'm warning, I'm warning, because I know gospels are coming, and, and they just going to do what they do. They, they'll hear a little message like this, and they'll keep on talking that mess. They keep on talking that noise, judging every little thing that go on in the ministry, judging my messages, judging my decision, judging who in position, why, why pastor choose him, and all, just all kind of, they're going to continue to do this. So, so here's my, here's my, exhortation, he warned the assembly, move back from the tents of these wicked men. Don't go near them. That's the same thing John said. John said, don't follow the example. Moses is telling them, step away. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, step away from the gossipers. He said, not only step away, he said, look at this, do not touch anything Belonging to them, my God. Or you will be swept away because of all that. God getting ready to get them. And if you connected to them, when God gets them, he going to get. So, and, I, and I, I would pray, I would pray that you all would follow 27. So they moved away. From the tents of these three men. Korah, Dathan, Abiram. Dathan and Abiram had come out and were standing with their wives, children, and little ones at the entrance of their tents. 31 declares, as soon as he finished saying all of this, the ground under them split apart and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households. 
and all those associated with Korah together with, with their possessions. They went down alive into the realm of the dead. With everything they owned, the earth closed over them and they perished and were gone from the community that they was trying to split. I don't know about y'all, but real talk, I'd be feeling like a little holy fear, like right now. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I, I ain't talking about spirit of fear. I ain't talking about demonic. I'm talking about like a holy fear, like God might, hey, God might be serious about this. Y'all do know Ananias and Sapphira, that wasn't under the law. <laughs> that wasn't under the law, that we was under grace. <laughs> and under grace, jokers fell dead. And I'm telling you, in this ministry, we, 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 have, we have crossed to a, a place of stability. God spoke to him and he said that, um, that he was going to raise this ministry in this area to be a prototype of he, what he wanted others to pursue. So, so what, what, what does that look like? It looks like God giving you an extreme measure of grace to develop to a place that you don't deserve. And he didn't do that because you're so good and you're so nice and you're so kind. It's not by works at all. It's really by grace. And the purpose of the grace is because I need a pattern for my other sons and daughters to follow. That's, that's it. So God says that he's raising this place to a, to a point where we're a beacon light. And, and I just got a phone call this morning. I got a phone call this morning. I'm, I'm just going over my slides. And the man of God called me, and he says, man, I just want you to know that I'm really impressed with this, this, that. I need to get with you and your guys so you guys can come and establish this same ministry in my church. So prior to the place that we are entering into now, it was okay to stumble, it was okay to fall, it was okay for dumb stuff because no eyes were on us and God wasn't using us in that manner. We were just children that sometimes we had poopy, smelly diapers and God would just have to change us. But God says you're at a place now where your fall would be too impactful on the rest of the people of God following you. So at this place, Look back over the stuff that has caused you to stumble and eradicate it in your ministry so you never fall like that again. Are, are y'all listening to me? So th this, this is what I want to do. Th three things and then I'm going to pray. Um, I, 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 I covered why... Why does, why does gossip anger God? Why does it anger God? I covered that. Um, it, it destroys unity. It breaks agreement. Um, it plays out the role of the devil. 
God hates it. Um, I've also highlighted why people gossip, why they gossip. They, they gossip because of idleness. They gossip because of retaliation, revenge. They gossip because they're jealous and envy. Now, I want to deal with quickly, why do people entertain gossip? Why? And, and there are three reasons, and I need you to jot this down. Because I'm telling you, gossip is going to come to you. And when it comes, based on which category you're in, it's going to mean a lot. Here's the first reason why gossip comes to you. And that's some of you all in here. You hear, it's, it's like you hear a whole bunch of mess all the time. And you're like, I don't be gossiping, Pastor. They just be coming to me. Well, let's, let's, let's see why they come to you. Here's the first reason. Number one, because you idle and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So you actually have time to hear idle talk because you idle and you're not about your father's business. I'm t- when, when gossip does find me, it's got a sprint to catch up with me. <laughs> like, really, talk, like if you're going to talk, like you're going to have to run, like, real fast in order for me to hear the mess that you got because I just, I'm, 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 I'm busy. Number one, because you're idle. Number two, the reason gossip may find you often is because he gave that to me another way. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, or I wrote down in my slides, because you might be a gossiper, but God gave me, on my way to the church, he just changed that little, that little. The second reason, not just because you're idle, the second reason that some of you all receive gossip is because the devil knows I can trust you to do what I want you to do with it. If I can get this information to her, she going to take care of it and do what we want done in this community. Here's number three, why gossip comes to you. Number three, because there is a possibility that God actually directs you in the intersection of gossip to stop it and to deal with it. There's some of you that God drops you right in the middle of it. You ain't even want to hear that. You ain't even want to be a part of it. But he knows you're going to say, you know what you just told me? Do me a favor. Just do me. Don't, don't share that with nobody else. Don't share that with nobody else. God, God knows if, I, if, if it comes to you, you're going to be the one that's going to say, Pastor, we need to talk to you. Now, tell me, tell Pastor what you just told me. God can trust you like that. That's why the third reason why gossip might come to you. Um, we got to be delivered from this. We got to be delivered. And let me tell you, um, you have to actively choose. You got to actively choose to walk away from this. You got to make the choice. Now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Number one, this is what I'm going to do. This first category, this first category I'm not calling you out. I'm not coming to you. I'm not coming to you. I'm not laying hands on you. I'm not calling you to the front. But you do need to acknowledge yourself that gossip has been a past struggle 
And sometimes there's a strong temptation to entertain dumb stuff now. Information only for the purpose of information. It's not just information so that I can go tell, so I can go do, so I can go make. No, I just enjoy the juicy. I, 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 had, I had, a, had a guy uh, shoot me a video. It was funny. He shot me two videos. He shot me two videos. It was about pastors. Um, the first video I start watching, and when I you know, saw he was you know, getting into that, I just shut it off because I don't want to hear it. Because the same way they doing him, it's Second video that I was sent, I watched it all the way through, and it was horrific, the gossip about this guy. I watched it all the th- way through for one reason, because this particular guy, I know several people within the ministry who really embrace a lot of his teachings. And so I listened to it for the purpose to see if there's any substantial truth evidence so that I can be a better guard for the people. That's it. Outside of that, I didn't want to hear none of that mess. None of that mess. Had a guy come to me just, just, just about a week or so ago, and so turned, my, so turned me away. It turned me away, and I'm going to have a conversation with him. I really am, um, because he came to me, and he was like, Pastor McGee, in essence, he was like, man, you're the best thing since sliced bread. That, that's what he said. Man, I've been watching you. I've been listening to your teaching. Man, you are phenomenal. But man, my previous pastor, man, he just, he was, but he just, and I'm like, oh, God sending you here, I don't need to hear nothing about your previous pastor. Only to the degree of things I got to work out of you or work on you about. All that other stuff. Because you know what that's a sign of? I don't seen this, I don't know how many times over 16 years. They come and they bring me all the dirt about their past pastor. And when they leave and go to their new pastor, <laughs> they're going to talk about all my <laughs> So you, you got to make a ch- choice. Everybody shout, I'm done with gossip. Heads bowed and eyes closed all over this building. Here, elders, deacons, all of y'all, I need everybody off duty now, now. Everybody off duty. Everybody off duty. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, I'm not calling you out. I'm not embarrassing you. I do need you to identify yourself because I'm getting ready to pray for you. If you've had the past experience of struggling with this thing of gossip, number one, or it's a strong temptation to, like, really dive into juicy stuff and, and, and it's, it's, it's a challenge to walk away. If that's you, just lift your hands. I want to see you. Right hand. Lift your hands. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. Hey, everybody look up at me. It's a spiritual attack. It is a subtle spiritual attack because when you engage in corrupt, malicious, gossipy conversation, you are literally sowing seeds concerning that person's life. Come, come, come on, Pastor, say it again. I'm, I'm a, I, I, had to, I had to clean this up. There is a word of the Lord. There is a word of the Lord that's already been spoken in the atmosphere, and you bring power to that word in your life when your words align with that word. Well, I'm telling you that there are some things that the devil has already spoken about people's lives around you, and you are giving power to the devil's words. But the devil is absolutely a liar. 
He's absolutely a liar. Heads bowed and eyes closed now.